Project. Welcome to the Refuge Project. We are your hosts. I am Pastor Caesar. We got the bearded wonder James. Hey, hey, what's up? And we got some special guests here today. One, Jonathan Cisneros. What's up, man? And a Christian Cantu. How's it going? Out of all the Cantus, that's my favorite. The Christian Cantu. The Christian one. Cantu. <laughs> I definitely want the unsafe one. <laughs> well, uh, just real quick, guys, just uh, introduce yourself to people. Just in a, We're going to get more into just kind of the, the, the deeper things as far as your, uh, your background, but just a, a snapshot of who you are, what you are, your age, all that stuff. Oh, man. Uh, my name is Christian, and I Hi, am... Christian. <laughs> uh, my name is... Tw- uh, I, my name. I'm 27 years old. I am a church musician, have been involved with church for a long time. Um, also do a lot of other things that I cannot think of off the top of my head right now. <laughs> d <D&D. laughs> Yeah, d I was trying. I was trying to think, because I've known both of you guys for a few years now, never really just kind of hung out like this. Yeah, but, yeah. Because it's always busy. It's like, hey, I, I need a drummer, I need a guitar player, I need, yeah, help me out over here at this event or whatever, but... Um, do you have roots in the church, or are you like first generation, or your parents? Or? Oh no, yeah, uh, my grandparents were were pastors on my mom's side, and then both my parents were were pastors for a long time. And I, I mean, I've been involved in church since I was not even born yet. Yeah, man, <laughs> from cradle to the grave, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and Jonathan, I know you're a legacy as well, man. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Well, my name's Jonathan. I'm 24. Um, and I am currently a young adults pastor, so that's cool. Uh, definitely have some roots in at church. Uh, my parents are pastors. My grandparents, well, my mom's side was, they were pastors. My dad's side, they just kind of did all ministry. All our family does ministry. If your last name's Cisneros, you listen to this, yes, your family, yes, you're probably doing something in ministry <laughs> right now. That's just how it works. I know the um, So it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. Just doing that. Um, I was a church musician for a long time, so I kind of do that, but doing the pastoring thing now, and it's been it's been cool. Good six months. Yeah. Six months in. Found my first gray hair, so we're rocking with it, man. We're awesome. rocking. And real quick, shout out your churches where you guys are, are serving at. Life Community Church in LaPorte, man. So any young adults, I will send this to you. You can judge your pastor, so. <laughs> uh, and I'm at Resonation Church in Deer Park. Um, very, very new church, so. <clears throat> Super cool church, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. We were just talking right before we started recording, and uh, 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 Salvador, which he's been on this program yes. a couple times already. Oh, really? Yeah, the last one was fantastic with him and his wife. He's an, he's also an avid listener, so shout out, Salvador. We love you, man. And Dude, Deborah. Uncle Sal, he knows. That's <laughs> Uncle Sal, man. He took me under his wing um, since I got there. I got I got to Life Community at 17, and he, he was the... Actually, he'll he'll know this. We Like, when I auditioned to play drums, he was the guy that was there. Like, it was just the piano guy, the, the guitar guy. Then it was him on bass, and we just we've played bass and drums together for long time. Seventeen, man, yeah, Yeah, like up until recent. So, James, how long you known Sal? Since I was a young teenager, to Salvador, I think my first introduction to him, I think I knew him in kids church, but I started, I played like in the youth band with him for forever when I was a teenager, and yeah, so I mean, I don't know, twenty seven. At least a decade, wow. more than that, decade yeah. and a half probably. Yeah, and he taught Ben a lot of stuff on bass, right? Well, he played with yeah. Ben took lessons from uh, Mikey over at Grace, mm. um, who's amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean him and 
he played with Salvador. We all played with Salvador for yeah, forever. Totally you know, awesome. I'm sure. If except, you, except for me, I actually just met him when he started going to my church. Well, <laughs> I'm sure you guys to play together. Yeah. Just we did. Like, we already did. did yeah, yeah, this last Sunday we did. That's so awesome, Dude, Sal. It, you, yeah. Okay. So we're all musicians, you know. So yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so listeners, I'm just telling you right now, it's gonna be a lot of music talk on this episode. But one thing with Sal that I just really enjoyed. And I have always enjoyed watching him worship, yes. his expressions, the way he yes. moves. I get this glimpse of like the old school Godzilla, like the 1960s Godzilla, <laughs> just kind of <laughs> toppling over everything. Yeah. So, so whenever he, he yeah, like, so yeah. whenever he worships, he's like, I think of like Godzilla. He's ready to go in, and I, it's just um, joy always just just comes yeah. out of him as he plays, and then it fires me up. Yes, and then so then we're just like looking at each other all crazy, you know. Yeah, yeah. And Godzilla. <laughs> I feel like well, you and me have had the privilege of having the same like to be in the same situation where like you're on drums and he's on bass. Mm -hmm. And honestly, hands down, he is my favorite bass player to play with. Mm -hmm. um, he's obviously, and he'll tell you, he's not like the best bass player out there. But just the connection that we have is is ridiculous. Like it just <laughs> hey, it the, on you that up. on that right on that because Sal, just how he is, he'll tell you, I'm not the best best player bass bass player. But I don't suck either. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, I'm not bad. He's like, hey, I'm pretty good. He's awesome, man. Yeah, man. He's I actually awesome. first met Sal through. Uh... Oh, wait, wait, no, wait a minute. Yeah, I, I met Sal through Brandon Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then through Sal, I also met Hector. Hector, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's so... another one, man. Uncle Hector, Uncle Narcy, you know, man. They've they yeah, taken care of me. Hector in yeah, and then Narcy and my wife were like, they've been friends ever since, like, so youth and stuff. So. Yeah, it's all family here today, man. Literally, like, and me and Christian, man, we've been boys since I was like 14. So, a long time. 10 years for sure, man. We've done a lot of gigs together. Yeah. I always forget how long I've known him because, out of all, like, you know, playing, you get to meet a lot of musicians yeah. and stuff. And out of all the people I know, I've probably known Jonathan for one of the longest times. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. We've always, like, connected. It's weird. Like, the way we, we just always, like, we would, we had this running joke when we were younger where it was like, any relationship problem I was going through at that same moment, you remember? It's like Christian was going through the same thing. It's like, why we was going through the same thing at the same time? It wasn't the same girl. No, it wasn't. would have been bad. He's obviously married, so it worked out. It worked out. We split up at some point. But um, no, man, like, yeah, me and Christian, I think even to this day, you're probably one I talk to the most, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that is awesome. Click, so. yeah. And then just j to even try to just name all the churches that have been played at from all of us. So oh, we, we've yeah. all gigged in so many oh different places. It's just, it's cool. Um, one one aspect of uh, just being a worshiper, uh, being a musician, right? For God, it's it's just uh, how the spirit is just so everywhere. Yeah, you know, it's like it's it's not just one church. It's not one denomination. It's yeah. not one people. Um, but how the spirit of God just moves everywhere, and, yeah. and I, I, it's just it it unifies us, and exactly. and uh, more than anything, I think that's what we need unification. But hey, we'll get more into our topic later on today, which we haven't told you what it is. But uh, you know, we'll we want to keep the conversation organic, you know. So okay. we haven't told y'all what it is yet. But uh, real quick, let's get into Culture Corner. Cue the sound effect. David. Cue the sound effect right now. <laughs> All right, so here's the title. I guess I'm going first. Yeah. So the, uh, the title of the article I was going to talk about, it, it is, A Nazi Sympathizer with Bomb-Making Instructions Just Avoided Jail by Being Sentenced to Read Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, that's the title. So It's not Florida, is it? No, it's not Florida. It's in Britain. <laughs> so the, uh, the story is, there's this dude. He's 21 <laughs> years old. And uh, he just got sent, so he got arrested uh, in 2020 
uh, for, I don't know the exact law he broke, but in Britain, you, you can't have certain, uh, like, what's the word? Like, articles and stuff on your computer. Mm. So he had all these, like, white supremacy articles and all these, like, Hitler things, this and that. Sure. And all this, like, bomb-making instructions and all oh that gosh. kind of stuff. <laughs> and so, uh, anyway, he had, like, it, it It said on there, I don't I forget the exact number, but it was over 60,000 um white supremacy slash Nazi slash whatever terrorist related so articles this, downloaded. So this guy was saving to say he was all in. He was pretty in. Yeah. yeah. So he's got all this stuff and all these like bomb making instruction documents and all that kind of stuff is on his computer. He didn't actually do anything, but he was like ready to go. And he apparently Dang. he sent some letter to the police station like a couple years earlier, like proclaiming all of his views and stuff. And so, anyway, through having all this stuff on his computer, he, uh, he like, went against some law they have in Britain, so they arrested him. But the judge, instead of, uh, he was facing, they were trying to give him 15 years in jail, and instead of giving him 15 years or any, any jail time, the judge, what was the book they said he had to read? The Brian judge Bridges. said he was just, um, what did he, what was the exact <coughs> words? A, uh, the judge said, you are a lonely individual with few, if any, friends. Have you read? And he'd like ask him if you've read all these books. And uh, anyway, so yeah, instead of like giving him jail time, he's just like, look, you're just messed up. You've been reading all this junk. You should read some of these great novels. And he says now he's got to read Pride and Prejudice. He's got to check in every couple months. And the judge is going to like uh, basically uh, test him like your English teacher would to make sure he's reading it. And he's like, and you know, and he's like, and if you don't pass these questions, you know what's going to happen to you. And like he's going to send him to jail. So that was. That was the sentence, yeah. and I, I kind of think it's cool. I that think, is, but yeah. it's also kind of like obviously a lot of people were upset. They're like, "No, this dude's a terrorist." Yeah. But he didn't do anything yet. He's 21. He's just like some kid. And anyway, I didn't see the trial, but the judge seems to think he's just a little misled. He's just trying to try to give him some guidance. Wow. So it it, it kind of does seem on in like leaning in that direction that he's mm-hmm. not maybe. He he seems to be making a lot of dumb moves. Yeah. He didn't, like, blow up a subway station yeah. or something. He just had a bunch of documents talking about how whites are the best and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, he wasn't really thinking everything through. It's like he was just acting out of... You know, the thing know. is, he might just not have any motivation. I don't know. He might just be... <laughs> I love those statements of whites are the best. Like, like, <laughs> like can, we, can we qualify some of these things? Like, well, I like, think that's what he was trying to do. <laughs> like, whites are the best at what? I just, like, at, not at food. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's, that's... Well, I'm married to a white girl. Which whites that. are you talking about? You're talking about the Italians? You're talking about the French? You're talking about... That it's definitely true. not the Germans. The Germans ain't the best at food. Right, because American sure. white people, they, they for sure can't cook. There's some good American food, though. There's American some, uh, food. American... Well, what would you call, like... Would you call like barbecue and like burgers? Well, I mean, there's 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 not very many food items that are like uniquely American. Yeah, everything's taken from somewhere else. But that's got to be because we were populated here like way later. You know what I mean? Like people were making pasta in Italy like centuries before there's even. I was totally expecting you to go into like Italian voice. <laughs> anyway, that's my story. Do with it what you want. Make him read a book. I don't know what what books that I've have I read. I think I only read one book, other than the Bible, of course. But like, it's but, on my to read list. But I, 
Yeah, I, I think the only book I've ever really read, like all the way through, is Where the Red Fern Grows. You ever read that? Oh, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't oh, know. I saw the old anime or or It's a story about a boy and his hounds. What yeah, so he's got to read Pride and Prejudice, um, A Tale of Two Cities, uh, Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. I think that's the only the last ones. Maybe some more, but anyway, some old famous books. Some Junie B. Jones or. Yeah, no. no Hardy Boys. No, no. No. I read Holes back in Holes, the day. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the few books I For actually an read. Yeah. yeah. Well, they need to give him some Doctor Seuss or something. something. Huh? <laughs> put some love in his life. <laughs> yeah, man, that's crazy. So yeah, no, the world's going crazy, man. Um, I don't have a story today. Oh, well, all right. That's but fine. there we go. That's poetry <laughs> corner. All right, cue the music, David. Oh goodness gracious. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> All right, so here we go. All right, so here we go. So what are we talking about today? I want to talk about Gen Z. Gen Z. Gen Z is important. Gen Z is anybody that was born from yeah, I feel 1996. Yeah, like you're always talking about Gen Z. Well, that's who. That's that's who. Uh, that I mean, Gen Z and millennials. Well, I'm a millennial. Yeah. And uh, and Gen Z is the ones that I minister to primarily. So I guess it makes sense. Yeah. It's uh, that's my world, and you know what? Like all the old heads and stuff like that. I love them, um, but they're leaving this church for Gen Z. Yeah. You know, so they're the focus, man. And, you know, and it's weird because, you know, in all of this transaction, people, uh, as time goes on and all that, it's like we're being, we're the, we're the ones that hold the banner now for the next generation. And I don't know if y'all have ever felt this way, but you just don't feel equipped sometimes. Like, I, I haven't learned enough. I haven't lived enough. I'm, I'm green. And, uh, and all the old people would say, yeah, you're right. You are green. <laughs> and they're right. They are. You know, it's um, as, as, as much as I like to put on my big boy pants, I understand <laughs> that, that, you know, whenever you're looking at somebody that has 30, 40 years of ministry experience that you are a grasshopper you know yeah. <laughs> and but but in that as well um, all of us here we've been given a very unique position to hold that banner and uh, so uh, I guess in uh, all of this is taken from a uh, Christianity Today article and it's not the whole article but it's just talking about how Gen Z they are actually more um, they are more apt to share their faith with non-believers now than any other generation. And, and, but the way that they do it is different. It's not um, as combative. It's not as confrontational. They just allow it to happen, and they, they go from there. So it's more like a friendship yeah. kind of thing. And, um, and, and yeah, anyway, so whenever, like Jonathan, whenever, whenever you're talking to young people about sharing their faith, uh, is there any steps that you walk them through or anything just kind of uh, you know good tips on how to do that also first when you say young people what's like the age group so our young adults runs from 18 to 32 right so now so like after high school yeah it's gotcha. anybody that basically once you graduate like um, and one thing like uh, our pastor is super big about just kind of like to segue into into the conversation is he's really passionate about that um, that next step after high school he's mm -hmm. like you know we have children's to junior high ministry and we have junior high to high school but then he's like then there's this big empty gap where it's like high school to go to college kind of mess up figure it out and then come back and get married and like we kind of expect you to be this like really good man of god and really good woman of god and just have this phenomenal family and come serve our church and it's yeah. like it's not, not it's not binary yeah like, like yeah. no 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 no. you have to have somebody to kind of like walk them through that um and i think that was one of my biggest fears personally with young adults is like 
I always tell them, young adults isn't like the, the it's not the like living room or the resting room. I'm just the hallway. Like I'm here to, to walk with you at 24 years of age. I'm here to pastor you at 24 from being a high school kid to being 25, 26, getting your life in order to becoming a man and just like having a family and then kind of like transitioning you out to serving the church, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's difficult. That's difficult. But I think that like I don't, I don't think that there's a step, but I think that if you're going to get somebody to passionately spread the gospel, I think they have to be passionate about the gospel first. Mm-hmm. I think that's like, I mean, that's anybody. I mean, I don't, I don't think like you can't tell me a good salesman doesn't believe in the car he's selling. Even if he has to lie to himself, he's going to lie to himself and make himself believe that that Toyota is the best Toyota he can ever get. Because if he's passionate about it and he comes and tells me like, dude, you don't understand the mileage on this. Like how much like gas per mile you get, you know, like you don't understand the features that this has. Yes, it's not a Tesla, but the features you can get at this price point with this, uh, you know, with these miles and, and, you know, you can fill it up with $20. If I hear somebody just super passionate, I'm like, I might not buy it right now, but it's worth looking at, right? It's worth taking a look at. So I think that there's no like, for me, there's no like necessary step, but I think if there was steps, I think the first step is like, I need to make sure you're on fire for God. You know, I need to make sure that you're really in love with them because it'll seep through. You know, when you love something, you're going to share it. And it goes back to like this old youth thing where if you like the pizza, you're going to invite everybody to that restaurant, right? (laughs) And it's super funny and we all laugh and we're like, oh my gosh. But when you think about it, it's like when was the last time you recommended something you didn't like? Mm-hmm. When was the last time, especially when, with people you love, when was the last time, like, I've been in situations where I've had a really bad job and people were like, dude, are they hiring? And I'm like, they are, but I love you so much that I wouldn't want you to come <laughs> work at this place. Like, this is horrible. Like, I wouldn't want that for you. So just like that, just like I wouldn't want that for you, I want you to get something better. It's like when you really love God and you're really passionate about that and you really let the Holy Spirit um, fill you and stuff it's gonna seep through you know i really do believe that the holy spirit empowers you to spread the gospel like it it should be one of those outpouring kind Mm -hmm. of things where you're filled and it's like man i just gotta tell somebody like you don't realize i found the best thing ever yeah um so i don't know if there's steps but i think that's kind of where i sat on where if there is steps the first step is well you got to make sure you know what you believe in and you're like really like fully about it then you can spread the gospel and it'll it'll be then you can talk about like the logistics of how to do that whether it's through i don't know like tiktoks through Instagram through events through it just there's many avenues to share it, but you got to be passionate about what you're sharing I yeah. think that's the biggest thing so yeah for real and, and I love what you said there it, it's all about conviction you know yeah. and and I and I, I respect anybody with conviction whether they're a believer in Jesus or not whenever they are passionate about what they do you, it, it commands attention yeah right? you yeah. listen you, you're able to sell somebody that's exactly what you're trying to sell somebody on this product and you follow them. It's funny you brought up Hitler earlier, right? But but <laughs> one of the things that, that you know we can and we've said this before. One thing we can all universally agree upon is Hitler was bad, bad right? Guy. Not a good but, guy. Except yeah, for the but, one guy that actually really <laughs> liked him. He liked him. That, that guy. But uh, <laughs> you know, but um, C.S. Lewis in uh, his book *Mere Christianity* was talking about about this that concept of how somebody is so fired up about whatever it is that they're fired up and if you can just get them and convert them into Christ and make them believe well the Holy Spirit does that yeah, but, but, but you know you, you yeah, expose yeah. them to the gospel and they approach that subject with that amount of dedication and passion then you're gonna have a, a, a soul winner that you know the devil's gonna take notice of he's gonna storm the gates and, uh, and I think that is so important for young people. One of the things in, 
in, in, in my years uh, ministering to young people, young adults, teenagers, I find less and less young people that can actually do anything anymore. Like, like they don't play instruments, they don't paint, they don't write, they don't talk about anything that is passion to them other than like, I want to be a YouTuber. It's like, what does that mean? You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like you're still, it's like content creating, but what content are you going to create? Just because you want to be somebody that's on YouTube, what, you know, what is going to be the thing that draws people to you? And express yourself, do that. Now, uh, uh, Christian, one of the things in, in this particular uh, topic that uh, about passion and all that, one of the first times that we played together, I think it was the first time that we played together, mm -hmm. it was at the uh, youth building, and I think Brandon was the one that invited you. Uh, no, I think it was Tavarius. The first Tavarius, time yeah, 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 yeah. Right, shout out to Vargas. Yes. <laughs> right? So one of the things, one of the things, the first thing that I noticed about you whenever you came, the way that you played your guitar, you played it with no fear. Yeah, man. There was no stuttering. There was no hesitation whatsoever. It, it At least for that song and that moment, <laughs> right? It yeah, was it definitely happens in other songs. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was completely intentional. Yeah. And that was something that just called out to my own musicianship. Mm -hmm. and, and it brought something out of me at that moment mm -hmm. and made me want to execute that much harder. Mm -hmm. you know? And I think Christianity is just like that, man. Mm -hmm. And you know how iron sharpens iron mm -hmm. whenever we see other people doing it. And uh, it, it just motivates us, encourages us to, 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 to keep on pushing. But in, in, in your many years of ministry as well, and you've done a lot, like, like, like what, uh, just, just explain a little bit about what you do as far as like the worship collective and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I have, a, I have a, I guess you could call it a ministry um, called Garden Temple, uh, oh. where I invite which Jonathan has been a part of it. We've been at your church. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, we basically get different uh, musicians and, and worship leaders, a lot of them just really close friends of mine that uh, I've met through the years that, that I really love the way they worship. I really love their heart for worship. And we just, um, it's I, what I typically do is just really short four-song set lists, and then we just kind of flow from there. And I've always been... Uh, a sucker for spontaneous worship. Mm -hmm. uh, it's always been that specific aspect of worship has always been something that um, I've always liked to exercise and always liked to um, kind of bring out when it comes to to worship, at least when it on my end. Um, but that's what it is essentially. It's just a, a, a night of, of being able to flow and let the Holy Spirit lead and. Um, everything else, not, uh, other than that, not, nothing too special about it, but, uh, but yeah. You're, down, you're downplaying it, nothing too special <laughs> it about is, it. It is, it is it, my it's favorite thing. Honestly. It is amazing. Uh, so, uh, you, you brought up spontaneous worship. Mm -hmm. it, it, would you say that is, uh, that is more skill or gift? Um, I think a bit of both. I think it's definitely a bit of both. I think a lot of people would say it's more gift, but... Um, I've definitely seen a lot of gifted people not be able to, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, uh, uh, not achieve that level. It, it's just a very specific, like, I think it's a very specific form of worship that if you're not, you haven't been brought up in it, if you haven't practiced it, you uh, will have a hard time um, walking into it or, or 
you know, um, and 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 that's what it is. It's 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 practice in in, in that sense. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. I think that's the best way to explain spontaneous worship is is both practice and uh, and gifting and anointing more than anything. Right. How do you think the older generation reacts to spontaneous worship? I think we can go around on this one. <laughs> if it's genuine, you know, I think they like it. I think with the spontaneous thing is you got to be. Uh, you asked if it's like gifted or whatever. I think uh, all work. If you're a worship leader, you ha- already have that anointing and that you should already have that gift in your life that you know led you to try to do worship stuff but you gotta be prepared uh like if you don't know the song you can't spontaneously go back <laughs> to the bridge or whatever like yeah. you gotta with the more i find that you kind of need more knowledge and practice and understanding of the music to be more free to do whatever you want with mm-hmm. it so if you haven't been putting in the time to practice and actually learn the songs and all you're not going to be able when they say, "Hey, go back to the chorus." You'd be like, "Oh yeah, wait, the chorus is uh, you know, mm-hmm. you're not going to do it." But. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people spontaneously combust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. uh, Jonathan on uh, on spontaneous worship, I've always spontaneously combust. I'm sorry, you got me. <laughs> I just there's all these moments. I'm like, oh dang, yeah. yeah. We're punny people here. <laughs> <laughs> I've always admired the uh, worship that comes out of uh, uh, your house over there you serve at. Thanks, and, man. Um, and I've had a, I had the privilege of playing there a few times as well. And before you got there, actually. Yeah, really? Yeah. yeah it was Dude, a- they talk about you all the time. Actually, I was telling Abigail um, that I was meeting with you today. And she's like, man, he just, he's so nice. He worships so nice. He was always helpful. He always helps us. He's such a good, you know, he has a good heart. Well, that's before I was married. I had the time to do that. Right now, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure now, yeah, it's completely different. Yeah, yeah, no, but it was, uh, man, it's so cool. I just, like we were talking right before, I just, I really love how y'all have um, almost systematically have been increasing the level of, uh, professionalism, but then also never, like, never negating the Holy Spirit. You can, Absolutely. You know, you can always, I, I, I always tune in online um, uh, to check it out after the service, of course, because we have our own, but then, uh, you <laughs> know, either, <laughs> either driving it to, to work or whatever, I always turn it on to see what's on the set to see how it goes and all that. So um, just in, a, whenever it's so structured, you know, because you guys have a lot of structure. We do. Um, especially, uh, you know, working with Tyler, and Tyler's fantastic. Um, but he just was always so systematic about it. So, in in the context of spontaneous worship, how did how do you guys approach that? Man, it Tyler really is the one that laid the foundation. So his big deal is or was, and I'm sure it still is. But it was like to let the Holy Spirit move. You know, like you have to have a system, a plan that allows him to move. You know, you can't just like come in here and be like, well, he's gonna move. We're gonna figure it out. It's like no, like. He, he was really big on work ethic and like doing your due diligence, right? Like mm-hmm. you doing your part. He's like, Lord, I've done my part. He's like, and this is what I have to offer you, right? So here it is at your hands or at your feet. You do what you want with it kind of thing. So we would approach it that way where you kind of take this posture of, I did I did the best I could. Like I practiced. I know the songs. Like he was saying, because it's super important to know that. Um, you know, I've, I've worked on my craft. So like I don't have to think of like what's the next chord. I know how to play in this key. I know I can play without looking. Um, I've done, you know, my due diligence of like being able to learn how to sing on key, like not get pitchy, right? I've done, I've read the word, right? So I'm not just coming in here repeating the same word in spontaneous worship. I read my word. So like, I'm really like, I spent my time. He was, that was his big thing. 
like on stage should be an outpour of what you've done in private. Public, yeah, um, like public expression of worship should be like come from an overflow of what you've done in private, right? right? So yeah. he would come and say, okay, these are the four songs and we're going to come. But if at any moment the Holy Spirit says, get out the way, we're going to get out the way and let him do what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. Simple. We're not going to be like, no, I, I did my little plan. I have my agenda. Get out the way. No, it's like, this is what we're going to start with. But wherever he takes us in the middle of that, you know, we'll let him. And then we just kind of come back to finish it where sometimes where we were going or sometimes in a different way. And I think him, like he really taught all of us. I mean, from Abigail to myself and he led like Salvador and Hector, Scott, like all of us. And that's what we were taught. So I was really fortunate to be taught that young at a young age. And then I come from a Hispanic background. Everything's spontaneous. <laughs> that's just how it goes. We just run on spontaneous. Like that's just, that's, that's it. Like if it, if it's structured, it's wrong, <laughs> you know? And obviously like they did it with a good heart, but I think that also shows you kind of like uh, Christian was saying, like it shows you how to like, it just puts you in a lot of weird situations. Yeah. So you learn how to navigate really weird you and awkward situations. Adapt. You have mm -hmm. to adapt. Yeah. yeah. So like whenever you get into like a spontaneous moment, it doesn't scare me that the click turns off. Like it doesn't scare <laughs> me. It's like, it's fine. Cause I know how to navigate this. I know how to get through, you know, there's the mic goes off. I know how to just, you know, navigate the room, navigate the situation. But then when you get in all these spontaneous moments and you find these cool pockets, it's okay because you're used to this, so it's okay to get off the song. Some people are like, they can't get off the song because they're like, if I don't know yeah. what I'm singing next, like they just crash and burn. And it's yeah. like, bro, what'd you say? They spontaneously combust, <laughs> right? Yeah, they do. And it's like, no, 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 you have to put like, I have to be, uh, well, Tyler used to always tell us like, if you're having to think about your instrument, like if this is your brain and you're having to think about the instrument, the lyrics, singing on key, you literally have this much space to focus on God and truly worship him. But if yeah. you can make this like second nature and if you can make that like muscle memory, if you can make this muscle memory, there's all this space of, I don't have to think about chords. I can actually think about God. Yeah. And it sounds cheesy and people are like, oh my gosh, no, it's serious. Like, think about it. So. Uh, yeah. So, so a little bit of background. I actually, my parents were missionaries in uh, Nicaragua and that's actually where a lot of what was imparted in me came from was was just growing up in a different country with just a whole different system of doing things and uh, spontaneous worship was a huge part of, of that and uh, so that's why I'm so passionate about it is because I've just seen what it's done in, in uh, worship services in my in, at, at home yeah. essentially I'm not from there I'm just, my parents were missionaries there uh, but on that same vein, it was very funny because one time I, I visited uh, a few years back and I was playing, with, and every time I go, like, I always play with them on their team. I never ask, they're just like, hey, like, come play with us. I'm like, okay. And I'm, I'm used to the way they used to do things, but now they've had so many new mu musicians that they've just, they've just uh, or at the time, I, I guess, not now, I don't know. But uh, at that time, they just had like an, in, an influx of just new musicians that were raising up and stuff, which was great stuff. But then the pastor, the pastor now used to be the worship pastor. Mm. And so he got up there and he just started like going off on a different song. What was funny is that they knew what song it was, but they were used to playing it in a different key than oh, the key no. you were playing. <laughs> no, no, no. My so, Holy Spirit is in yeah. this key. I don't know about you. So, so the pastor like flows into this song, <laughs> but they start playing the same song in a different key. No. And I just look at them and I'm like, why would you change the key to this song? <laughs> <laughs> Who told you to do that? Yeah. But, but in that but, same token, like that's so important why you need to know your, like, yeah, that's that's what he's talking. That's like that's what Christian's talking about. Like, well, you have to like, you know, it's it's a work thing. Like, yeah, you have to learn know how to play those keys. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Now you're you're a multi instrumentalist, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. We both are, right? No, 
Yeah. I, I like play a little bit of keys. What? I play guitar and I play the basics of bass. And Dude, that's about it. I said we were best friends and it's like, I'm like, oh, for three right now. I'm like, what is going like, yes, on? Really I mean, who are you? Who are you? You learn things like, about like, each other. I am, I am actually pretty decent on keys. Okay. If it's in C. Right. You can be transposed. decent in any key. And transposed, yeah. <laughs> and James, I would classify you as a multi-instrumentalist. I guess, but I'm like you, where it's like, I can kind of play a little bit of keys, but I can't even play keys. Mine's more like synths, so it's like a basic melody oh, yeah, yeah. with like a bunch of manipulation happening. If, if you haven't heard his music, he's got a fantastic band. You have anything on Apple right now? Oh, everything. It's yeah, let me, let, me, let me catch yeah, it. Yeah, man. Eucalyption. Put it down. We can do good music for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't. I don't feel comfortable telling anybody that I play anything other than drums, <laughs> percussion. Yeah. Anything other than that, it's kind of like situational. Well, these last couple of years, I've I've gone into the whole guitar world, uh-huh. right? So I'm I'm learning, and I'm, I'm you know slowly I'm getting there, or whatever. But you, what you were talking about earlier, when there is this moment, whenever you're proficient in the instrument that you know that you are proficient in, there is just this. It's so hard to explain, but there is this pocket that exists to where you don't think about it anymore because you've already done your due diligence on yeah, that yeah. Uh, for drums i can throw a chop in there without worrying about am i going to come back in on the one i know i'm going to come back in on the yeah, one yeah, like yeah. there's no like you might no some drummers some drummers will it's like we're in a four four you, you just went to five i don't know what you're doing <laughs> but but yeah no and and it but it's like is this moment to where is it art is it science is it an expression of faith and gifting that just pours out of it's amazing how music is able to just transcend and especially whenever it's like to God's purposes. Oh, yeah. I, I feel bad for all those non-musician people that are out there, right? Because they will never understand what we're talking about. There is a genuine joy that just flows out of you whenever you're doing what God has gifted you to do. Yeah, yeah. And, and then uh, kind of guiding the conversation back, um, y'all's upbringing, was it more traditional? Was it tied to a certain denomination or... Uh, mine was Pentecostal. Pentecostal. Yeah, uh, I mean, my my mom was definitely grew up Pentecostal. Um, our church, I mean, our church back at home was non-denominational, uh, but very charismatic. Yeah, very very charismatic. Yeah, and was and it like so, more the like super traditional Pentecostal kind of no, skirts, no. long hair? No Actually, makeup. so so moving here and playing with a lot of like Hispanic musicians that I, that I played with. I'm actually a lot less traditional than a lot of the people yes. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Because, growing, I mean, growing up over there, we did a lot of Marcos Witt. We did a lot of Daniel Monta. We never did Coritos. We never did, what? like, I mean, we did hymns, but in the same way that we do hymns now, it's like you yeah. kind of just flow into them and, and stuff. But, no, we did Coritos. Uh, no. Never played Coritos. So a lot of a lot of the time, like, uh, if I, I think I've played at a Hispanic church before where they went into a Corito and I was just like, I'm lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'll play the pentatonic scale. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm just gonna clap. How about, yeah. how about that? You gonna see me worship without my instrument for this song? Man, uh, should we get into a conversation about tambourines? Go ahead. Man. Oh come Let on, let them man. know about yeah. the tambourines. Those things smack, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I love those, dude. I'm on the album <laughs> side. Of you. No, 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 call it crazy. Thing. When I was younger, I did it. Now it's just like, come on, like something about just bringing people in there, like, let's let's go. When it's done right, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. all for it. 
But I've never heard it done. No, I've heard it done right one time in all my church churching. I've, heard, I've only oh heard it done gosh. right one time. And this dude, it was awesome. He retrofitted his own uh, his own tambourine with a snare head on it. Wow. He had the lugs on there, oh, and it, yeah, yeah I mean, it was it was beautiful to hear. That's the only time. <laughs> That was the only time. I gotta that introduce I just, it to my mom, man. Yeah, she got like this true. double hit that she does. Yeah, that's. And I used to like, and she'd be. It's not like a little horse. She's like flipping it back and forth. I'm like, look at you, man. Like, dude. So Elam wasn't my first church, right? So the old church I used to go to, we hid the tambourine. I hid the tambourine. I took the tambourines from the pews, and that was an old school church, right? It was it was a holiness church. So that was the long skirts, long hair, no makeup, no all that. I didn't, uh, yeah, man, I didn't, um, I didn't wear shorts. I always got to make sure that I, I didn't wear shorts for like five years and all that. Because at all, it, at all, at like all. even in public? No, oh, and wow. I wasn't brought up in church, so yeah. I, I got to church at 19 years old, so oh, from, so, gotcha, gotcha. so whenever I got in, into that expression, I'm not saying it's bad, I, I think it has its great purposes, yeah, and yeah. whenever it's done with like the right heart, that's always the, the thing with that, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's. So many times we hear people talking about legalism and when it comes to those things, when it's done with the right heart and with the right intention behind it, it makes so much sense whenever those, you know, those old school holy women, they say why they don't adorn themselves that way. And it isn't, it, it wasn't expressed as condemnation and, and all that, but it was just, uh, well, like the Bible says, right? Just, just, just very, very uh, humble in everything that they do. Right and and I get it I get it so no 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 smack talk no against that expression because I I get it. I came from that right but I also saw where the 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 negative side of it too but in all of that whenever I got to Elam right everything changed as far as the music I I, I was a musician before. Right, I was playing at clubs. I was in a Spanish rock band and stuff. So, oh, snap. yeah, from like 16 to 19, I was playing out in clubs all around Houston and stuff. It was crazy, man. But uh, but whenever you know you, Jesus calls you and you you listen, you go. And then the guy the guy that was the pastor there, uh, he was a white guy, six foot four, uh, 270 pounds. He was a corn fed American boy, right? In a uh, in a in in, in in yeah corn bread. <laughs> I was wondering what that means, like actual <laughs> corn or like cornbread or just like different at like just different forms well, from, of corn from the field, man. They're they're just that's... like he just popping corn, just like, <laughs> bam, bam, bam. all American, man. and uh, and he was pastoring in a predominantly Hispanic community. Wow, yeah, and yeah. And so it was weird because it's tall white guy, Hispanics everywhere. And anyway, I get there, and they play nothing but Southern gospel. That was a definite acquired taste for me, big time, right? And I wasn't used to that. I was used to everything else. I grew up, you know, I have a Mexican background, so everything with rhythm and, you know, just all of that stuff. But then you get into that expression and then, uh, and then, you know, time passes, things, I find myself at Elam and then like, I, I tell people, look, I, I, I never played a Jesus Culture song until I got to Elam, and, and that was back in 2013. Wow. Yeah. You know, so from 2008 to 2013, it was nothing but Southern Gospel. So my the whole expression of worship completely changed for me, and that all has to do with, like, you know, the culture of the church. Yeah. And, and every church has its own culture, mm. has its own people, even denominations. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're all the same everywhere you go because every church has its own worship culture and all of that stuff. And where I want to guide this conversation is 
Um, how have you found in, because uh, you both have those traditional ties as well, so James, so do you, because Elam wasn't always like that. No. Um, no, um, how have y'all seen that shift in the embrace or the, uh, or the tension that might arise between, you know, these Gen, gen Zers and this, uh, I guess, what, what would you call it? What are they? They're not Gen X, right? They're Gen X. Is that after millennials? Before. before millennials. Oh, you're talking about the other way. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. I don't know what they're called, but I know who you're talking about now. <laughs> and the, well, the boomers and the X. Uh-huh. Yeah, because they're still around. The, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's boomers, X, millennials, Gen Z. Mm-hmm. So how have y'all found the, the tension? Has there been? I don't know. Is CCM uh, right? <laughs> I don't know about that either. <laughs> Um, Contemporary Christian music for all you followers, uh, you might not know what we're talking about. <laughs> Contemporary Christian music is yeah. it right? Just I think it has its sound. I think I. You know what? I will say this: that um, I, for one, am um, I, for one, think that um, CCM has become its its own like style, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm okay with that. And this is why I'm okay with it. As much as we don't like. As musicians, we don't like it. The fact that, like, the Christian community has its own genre mm-hmm. is huge to me. I think that's awesome. I think so. I think it's it's cool that you get to say, like, we have our own genre. Like, there's there's drummers. There's rock drummers. There's hip-hop drummers. There's, there's all these kind of drummers. And then there's worship drummers. And I'm okay with that. I think that, like, we've I've had this discussion with a friend before where it's like, you're a, fun, you're a better drummer than I am. But I'm a way better worship drummer than you are, hands down. Mm-hmm. And he's looked at me and said, I agree, like 1,000%, because it's all you know. And the, the fact that you can distinguish that now is so cool. I think it's cool. I don't think that, like, it's a bad thing. I, I like that we can um, infuse CCM or, like, just church music with different styles, and we're doing that. And I think it's good for us to kind of branch out and do different styles and all that stuff. But just the fact that we can have our own genre, I think, is, is so awesome. Like, to me, it's just cool. You know, it's just like... Dang, we've we've left a mark in the music industry, if you will. We've left a mark. Yeah. Like Jesus has left a mark. Like yeah. really, because we're spreading. Like people know when it's a worship song. Yeah. I can. I've heard like secular songs, and I hear the way a guy's playing the keys or singing, and I'm like, that guy has to have a church background. Yeah. He's, it sounds yeah. churchy. Like uh-huh. it sounds like something we would do. And then you kind of read into it, and it's like, well, yeah, you know, so and so, his dad, he's a, you know, son of um, a pastor's, you know, he's a pastor's kid from. <laughs> he's a son of a what? Yeah, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh. So he's like, yeah, yeah, his father pastors a church in Mississippi, and it's like that's so awesome because yeah, his song might be secular and he's doing his own thing, but you can just identify like that guy has some sort of church background. You see a bunch of these musicians start at church, yes. so to me, it's just so cool that like now it's not just well, he started at church and he goes and does his thing in his own genre, but. Like, we can actually have our mark in the music industry. Like, yeah. we have worship artists. I love that. Um, do I like, like, Chris Tomlin all the time? I, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't listen to Chris. I haven't listened to Chris Tomlin since uh, God's Great Dance Floor, which I thought was the coolest song ever. <laughs> I was like, oh, like, man, I come, I like, I'm like, let's go, you know? Come to realize, like, no, no, I don't listen to that much anymore. But I'm okay with that. I mean, I personally think that it's just cool that the Christian community has kind of left a little bit of a dent in the music industry. I think that's that's cool, man. I'm yeah. cool. Like it's like to me it's the equivalent of like having like Christian businesses. Like Christianity has made, you know, a little dent in the business industry. That's dope or in the business world. That's that's cool to me. Like that's 
to me, it's like a win for us because, like, yeah, go out there. Like, when you hear about Christian athletes, like, we get so excited when we hear an athlete's Christian. We're like, wow, way to keep pursuing God. Like, way to do it in that kind of industry. And then we hear CCM, and it's like, ugh. And it's like, dude, they're trying. Like, the, like they're trying. The fact that there's, like, a Christian radio station is huge. Like, because that's a way to spread the gospel. I think it's just cool. Like, yeah. that. do I like it all the time? No, I like that we're branching out and stuff. But that's my take on it. I think that I'm happy that the Christian community can look at, at um can tune into these radio stations, can can go to Apple Music and look at genres and be CCM. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I like that. perspective. You, you, know? you, you rather it be there than not. Yeah, like you yeah. rather it be there than not because then like what are we doing? You know, like yeah. what, what you know, we're, we're trying. We're, we're, it's just a different, like I've heard people get saved over like a Chris Tomlin song. Yeah. Now we're musicians. I'm not a big fan of Chris Tomlin. I think it's boring. <laughs> but the fact like the fact that people were saved through mm-hmm. certain songs or oh I found hope through this song or I walked into like a Walgreens and they were playing like and I will rise when he calls my and the fact that like that does we're doing something yeah. like we're doing something that's better than not doing anything so um, again I'm not like super crazy about it but I do think that it's cool that we've kind of made a dent in like the music industry so yeah. the part for for me that just kind of gives me a bad taste in my mouth a, a bad taste in my mouth is, is whenever it's just so highly commercialized and the, the, to the to the to the point to where they know exactly what they're doing right yeah. it, it, they're that, mo- I'm, I'm with you on that it's, like, yeah. it's, it's like the hallmark of Christianity yeah. you know what yeah. I mean and, and, Ugh, and it's like you're, <laughs> it's like you're capable of, of so much more and so much better and it almost feels like they're they're patronizing or patronizing paint. Patronizing. I think it's with an A. Yeah, yeah. it's patronizing. Patronizing me. Yeah. Nice. We'll, 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 yeah. 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 That, that's what I'm like. I do. I don't know. My struggle is like when I hear CCM, I'm thinking of like the really shallow, yes. really like not creative at all like type of music. Now, I actually love worship music. Uh, versus like what's played on the radio, which a lot of times is worship music, but I know like kind of entering the 2010s, there was a big divide, or a big divide came between worship music and then like, I don't know what they were trying to do, you know? (laughs) Like, there's just those songs that are supposed to be like positive songs, but they're so shallow and they're Mm -hmm. so annoying and the chord progressions were so boring and and everything else. And you can just tell there were cash grabs and a lot of them like intentionally sounded like mainstream artists and things like that and that's where I was just that that's where I am like and and when it comes to Christianity in general I am definitely the most cynical person at this table right now I don't because... know man I, I think I'll give you a room for your money man because I, I I'm really cynical when it comes to Christianity and Christian people and Christian yeah. industry and things well then maybe we're just the same in that area like yeah I, I'm the same way like I, and, and I think there is like a branch of of um Christian music that's attempting to be creative and attempting yeah. to kind of like push the boundaries of it. I know, um, uh, you know, like Isla Vista worship or Isla Vista worship, however you say it. Uh, but there's one guy out of there, his name's, uh, I think, John Jenhan or Jen, I don't know how to say his last name. Uh, he actually is doing like an album with both Christian and secular music. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's pretty cool, like just being able to kind of cater to the both, but you have to listen to the album in, in order to, to get to it. Um, but that's where I stand. Like, I, I think CCM, 
certain sides of it needs to die. Certain, <laughs> certain, certain artists need to just kind of just kind of fade away into the background. Yeah. Chris, Chris Tomlin, we'll talk about you. Man, Chris. but he has found the fountain of youth. That guy does not age, man. He's like he's like one of them Twilight vampires, man. dude. And he's doing things like the. I think the whole country move was awesome. Mm-hmm. I think that was like whoever his like uh, manager is, as far as like. You know, just like whoever like puts him out there and like promotes him, mm-hmm. smart man. He said, "Dude, all these Southern Christians like they love this stuff." He's like, "Why don't you do a country album with all these like famous country singers? Just sing a bunch of hymns." And he's like, "Let's True. do it." And all of a sudden, it's like <laughs> you go like you see the country charts and it's yeah. like something like I don't know, like some sort of hymn or like "Give Me Jesus" and it's like or yeah. something. And it's like, what is? It? But again. The fact that he's making a dent, like, he's done so much for the, the Christian, the CCM, but, like, he's made a dent to where, like, now, like, these people pop in country, you know, on a Friday night now have an option to, I don't know why, but I love this song. It's like, yeah. dude, you you did it. Like, good. Like, that's awesome. I just think there's a time and a place for everything. Yeah. So, like, there's a time to have that really interesting, crazy, jazzy, Christian whatever where you can just admire the musicianship and the creativity, mm-hmm. and then I think there's a time for that really seemingly boring chord progression with the same little just beat uh, that just everybody can sing along to because they all know the words and it's the first time we all heard the song. Uh, I just think there's a time for all of it. And I mean, dude, like just writing a, a Christian worship song, it the music for it's not that difficult, but it's pretty tough mm-hmm. to oh, write absolutely. a good one. Because uh, theology can yeah. be completely wrong. Yeah, it's <laughs> tough, man. Sometimes the most theological songs can have the most boring lyrics. I mean, yeah. that's just the truth of it. And and that's why the that's why the ones that that try to push the the boundaries of like of their lyrics end up getting so much flack because they're trying to, you know, uh, essentially sing new songs mm-hmm. and uh, you know, a lot of the people that lean to, towards like very strict theological uh, doctrines will attack those musicians like nonstop. Just yeah. because, God's love is not right. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Like, hey man, it was it was like a figure of speech. Man. He's yeah. trying to like he's trying to convey something. Yeah, you know? yeah. and like, just an example. I don't think anybody took takes that song the way the. There's this one person living in some like shack somewhere. Well, there he is. Like, he made a video. <laughs> <laughs> God's love is not reckless. Like awesome. He got a lot of views too. Hey. You know what, man? The moment he starts making money, I'll be like, hey, you know what? The gospel isn't for you to make finances, sir. Mm-hmm. So stop making videos. <laughs> You're wrong, too. Yeah. But it's just like there's way more interesting, fun songs that I might listen to in the car. Mm-hmm. But if you put it on in the middle of a worship set, it probably wouldn't be the right song. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of those worship songs, like I'm not listening to on my way to work. I don't. Mm-hmm. It's like you said, like with Chris Tomlin or whoever it is for you. Like, it's just, it's so boring and repetitive to me. And it's like, I've heard this in 50 other songs already. <laughs> I'm not going to listen to it I in my it. casual listening time, yeah. you know? But again, in the middle of a church service, it might be perfect for that, you know? Yeah. I was just having this conversation last week I, and I brought it up, of course. But it was, it was, uh, it was <laughs> with uh, Lincoln Brewster, right? Mm-hmm. Lincoln Brewster. I don't like Lincoln Brewster, but that guy is an incredible musician. Like I like I have not heard a musician like that in Christianity. Like and I'm like I'm sitting back and I'm like, "Dude, where's that at?" Like <laughs> I want to hear that. Where where is like I I hear the passion and the joy from his guitar work and it's I mean just beautiful. But then, you know, and I can't even think of a Lincoln Brewster song off the top of my head, but but like it just 
But whenever we put that into like a worship set, uh, it's just so two dimensional and it's so boring when he's capable of so much more mm-hmm. and you know he's got it in him. And that's where I'm just kind of like standing back and I'm like, you ever, you ever wonder that maybe it's boring because like anything else, like in a, in a different situation, um, it would draw too much attention to yourself, and that mm-hmm. is definitely not the point of worship. Right. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Like, there's cool. Like, if you if you went to a concert, mm-hmm. like, that's cool. Like, I mean, at least if I was a Christian artist, and I I had a concert, mm-hmm. you know, we would definitely be singing, obviously, like the Christian songs. And at some point, I'd kind of share something with you, maybe towards the end, or pray over you or something. But if it's a concert, and I'm just here to like have a good time with you, and just you know, mm-hmm. yeah, there's gonna be a lot of performance aspects mm-hmm. to it. But like a concert versus a worship night. Completely, like you'd oh, see yeah. two different like sides of it. I think, you may see where I'm coming from. Yeah, like, but I think the divide is, and I and I said it earlier, there's CCM and then there's worship. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I will probably yeah. very little times in my life listen to CCM Same. for yeah. any kind of enjoyment. Yeah. It's, it's all lumpy. KSDJ yeah. is banded, like, yeah. in my car. Uh, like, mine too, like, mine too. Yeah, <laughs> you put KSDJ on and it's like you're walking home. Like, no. Uh, but then, like, worship, and, and even, like, worship, I'll... I'll I, I love worship, but then I'll also give a little bit more grace to, like, the, you know, more Chris Tomlin size of it. It's like, that also has a place in worship. But as far as CCM, like, the person trying to make a Jesus song, but it's not really for, like, a church setting. And, yeah. you know, and, and, and then you kind of suffer from, like, what the worst parts of, of, like, worship music suffers from. But then you're not really... You, you get what I mean? It's like, just like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah, what like, doing? what are you, what are you doing? Like, I can, I, I, for the sake of respect, I don't want to like name any artists. Chris Tomlin. Chris Tomlin. <laughs> no, Chris Tomlin. Because Chris Tomlin does worship. He does worship, so mm-hmm. I understand. I don't know. Like, God's Great Dance Floor was. He brought out a trumpet with a mariachi. Yeah. And everything. Come alive. He's like the little sway back and forth. That was not worship, Christian. Yeah, that's not worship. That's not worship. No, I'm kidding. no, but like I was talking about earlier, it's like it's like you know, it's like almost like it's like this this just cookie cutter factory machine that's pushing out some of these some of these songs. Like it's like oh, we have this new Pure Flix movie that's coming out. And it's like oh yeah, let's uh, just hit the button, the auto generate uh, random Christian song. <laughs> and uh, and then you know for the masses and they'll consume it because yeah they're dumb you know and it's it, it, it just it makes me angry yeah. you know I, I like to think it's righteous anger but yeah. you know whatever <laughs> that's just me my thing though anytime uh, I'm with people and we start like complaining about Christian music I'm, I'm just like I'm just like well go make something better you yeah. know like either if it's if we should make better music get the lyrics better well go write the song yeah. you mm-hmm. know. You're obviously convicted about it. Mm-hmm. Go do it. Otherwise, we're just some losers sitting in a kitchen. Like, I'm a loser, like, James. Oh, I'm a loser. <laughs> I wear that loser. <laughs> but again, <laughs> but again, it's tough to write a good Christian worship but song. I think the consumers are to blame as well because yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, it's like like I've always said. It's like if you don't want somebody to like, you want something to not be sold, don't buy it. Mm-hmm. But if you keep buying it. It's going to keep being sold because obviously the demand for it yeah. is there. Yeah. Take away the demand and the supply will end. So it's like, 
yeah, we're always like, oh, Chris Tomlin came up with another song that sounds just the same. But you have like a big, like a plethora of people yeah. Yeah. that will listen to that thing and say, this song touched me. This song is amazing. I always think again, he's all like, Ben, let's run it place up again. for all of it. Yeah. And if yeah. it's working for them, like that's great. It's like obviously I, working because KSBJ is still in business. KSBJ is <laughs> very <laughs> much in business. You know, it'd be so they, funny we were sponsored by KSBJ. They still get money from their pledge drives. Uh, message from our sponsor. <laughs> yeah, I, when I grew up, I'm sure I've told you this before, but when I was growing up, I thought when I was like a kid to early teenager, I thought I didn't like music because all I was allowed to listen oh, to no. was Christian music. Oh, so it was sorry. either Christian music, so it was KSBJ. Or it was um, whatever just happened to be playing at church, or uh, you know, all my family's like choir directors and stuff. So it was like choir music. Yeah, I'm so Wait, sorry. So man. that was it. So like, I grow up and teachers be like, "Oh, you're so and so son. Yeah, do you uh, you like you must really like music and stuff too, right?" And I would just be like, "No, I don't like music. Music is the worst." <laughs> and, uh, but then like I found like other bands and stuff. Like yeah. I I stumbled across like Reliant K. And that was like back Reliant in the day. K, bro. That was like my first like Christian rock Amberlin, album. You remember it? Yeah. I, uh, the one I got was the the one where he's like jumping over. He's on like a track and field thing. He's oh, jumping over the thing. Dude. It's got Lion O and all those Sadie Hawkins dance and all that stuff on it. What's the name of that album? See, oh, I was sinning God. whenever all that was going on. Dude, that was, oh, that's going to bother me. I can't think. I'll think of it before it's over. Dude. Yeah. That was like my first like Christian album mm-hmm. that wasn't. Some you know, mercy me on KSPJ or whatever. Yeah. And this is again like all this flack to them, but was that the, was it. But I could get away with it because they were a quote Christian band. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is way more fun. I, you know, I, so. I, well, go ahead. During that time, there was three bands that I know I didn't know they were Christian, but I was listening to some of their stuff. Looking One was right Switchfoot. Uh-huh. Come right. on, right? Down, 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 down. Yeah, that, that was huge. <laughs> more than live, right? And, uh, who? Uh, meant to live. Meant to live. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. So good. And then the other one, I don't know if I necessarily liked it, but it was on everywhere. Lifehouse. Lifehouse yeah, I remember that yeah. song. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, 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 no. What, what was it? What was that one song? Do 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 do. It started off with the bass line. Oh, on I can't the, remember. The fray. Dude. Uh, oh, they were Christian. Uh, they, I think. Dude, the name of the album I'm thinking of is just Reliant K. It was just Reliant K. Was it their first? Was it their first album or second? Oh wait, no, no, no. That's the other one. Goodness, well, what's the one I was thinking of? I got introduced to Rodney K through you. The, I don't know why, but I just... I the anatomy that. of the tongue in cheek. Oh, yes. oh yeah. Uh, pressing on, Sadie Hawkins dance, yeah. breakdown. That's a good one. Dude, that was a really good Rodney one. Rodney K is so good. Dude, it? the album, mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I don't, like, was, I don't mm. listen to Rodney like, K very much anymore, but that is, I don't care what kind of music, like, if you're a Christian dude or not, that's a good, just solid pop punk without yes. being too lame album. Yeah. Never heard it. Dude, Bro, listen to it. That's Send your it to you. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. One I'm waiting for, Be My Escape, be 575. My escape. <laughs> I'm begging More Than you. Useless. I'm begging you to be who I Am Hates Who I Main Dude. Great so out. Yeah. Right now, my wife so is. It just was like, produced and list. It was produced and recorded by the same guy that really? produced. Oh, yeah. Oh, she was, you know, she's the pastor's daughter. I mean, she grew up in it. You're going to like this fun fact, dude. <laughs> it was produced by the same dude who produced uh, Nirvana's Nevermind stuff. Wow. Yeah, so that's why it sounds really You see that dude that was on the cover, the little naked baby, is he suing again? Yeah. yeah I saw uh, that. Again. Stupid. I saw that, but... I haven't what? actually heard the story. I've just heard people I read a little it. bit into it just because I was like, what? And uh, he took a picture years well, like, later. At every phase of his and then, life. And then and I'm like, bro, at this point, you're at, like, you can't, like, you can't take these pictures <laughs> and then be like, hey... 
that ain't right. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's mentally scarred me. It's like, no. you've been making money from it. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, yeah. you just, money ran out. Um, but yeah, dude, I found that album, and then that was when Mute Math was coming out with their Ooh, first self-titled good. album, which mm-hmm. is like the best band ever. And yes. they are not really a Christian band, but they were close enough at the time, like my parents would let me listen to it. And so that was when I was like, oh, there's actually cool things that exist in music. And then I started listening to like everything. And there was one guy and then I if I you can ask me like just transfer all their skill and ability, you know, uh-huh. if we can have a swap that way, it would be Paul Meany. Dude, he's Paul yeah, Meany, he's got the bro. skills. Dude, got so the we skills were skills uh, to pay the bills. We went to Florida um recently like a couple weeks ago and I don't know how what happened, but Anne Berlin came on and it was a paper thin hymn or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like singing along to him. I'm like, oh man, this was my jam. Like I used to listen to this. And my dad's like, oh yeah, Amberlin, right? I'm like, hold up. You know about that? Because I used to like hide it. I mean, they were a Christian, but I like hide it. He's like, man, you used to listen to that. He's like, he starts listing people like Amberlin, Switchfoot, um, The Fray, like Lighthouse, Reliant K. Yeah, you used to, there was another one too. It was like, not their day. It was like, um, don't tell I, me it was P.O.D. No, 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 no. <laughs> I can't remember the name of them right now, but they were they were cool. The Magnificent uh, Five or some or the Maniac or something. I can't remember. It was a bunch of like rock bands because um, we we used LimeWire back then. Oh, so yeah. I guess he saw all my like downloads. <laughs> it was just crazy to think like, yeah, man, like that's what that's what. Yeah, I grew there, up there on. was there was a there was a time where you couldn't openly listen to a lot. Of, no, a lot so of it was stuff, like one of those like, like secrets. Like I would download and put on like my little. Um, iPod or whatever, and it was just dope, man. You said iPod, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I bet people listening Gen Z. You want to talk about Gen Z? They're like iPod. Yeah, they wouldn't know what. No, that's know. vintage to them now. It's not old. It's my vintage. first, my first that's iPod sure. was the one that uh, didn't. It didn't have a. Uh, it didn't have the color screen yet. It only had the blue. It was the blue and black text, and uh, but it, it wasn't the first gen. The first generation, first generation iPod had the FireWire right on top. Really? Yeah, and then everything after that was the that big pin thing on yeah. the bottom. Or whatever. That's the one that I had, but I don't remember when that came out. That was I remember cool. the iPod Shuffle came out, and oh, I was yeah. so happy because I'm like, I can warm up for basketball like and listen to this. Like I was so happy. Mm-hmm. And now they got AirPods. You just put your phone like here, and then you go warm up over there. And there's like, <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Well, this article that I was reading, right? And, and, and it, it's we're not even talking about the article, but it's just talking about Gen Z and how they approach evangelism and, and yeah, all yeah. of that. And us... You know, yeah, we've talked a lot about music, but music I, I, music is the voice of our generation. It, yeah. m- music is what unites us. It's the battle cry. It's what unites us. It, 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 it gives us a, a spot to uh, to lament, to, to weep, to rejoice, to mm-hmm. you know, all these things. And for a church community, a young community that's coming up, music is the, is the avenue. So I, I, I am definitely on board with music is important for the church. Mm-hmm. God thinks so too, you know. But, yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, he does, yeah. And, and with, with Gen Z talking to, to, to young people and being able to just give them give them an avenue to express themselves and and to show them like it's so we're just we just hit on this lightly but how how important it is to have proper theological topics and concepts and and that they're built out so right for these young people because a lot of times they're not reading their bibles no you know that and we need to give them some quality word yeah and is it the i think i think i mean and this has been you know, going on for a while, is just that there's no, 
no desire to read the Bible because most people think that they have it down. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they have a they have a good all right, yeah, like Jesus came down, died, you know, whatever. I don't need to read my Bible, I get it. Uh, but there's and but and then the problem with like Preachers, no offense to you guys. <laughs> but, very offended right now. You offended? But, I'm pretty no, offended. I stay offended. But the, but the problem with preachers is that they haven't given people like a reason to want to read their Bibles. Mm-hmm. It's always it's always kind of been about like, I don't know. It's it's always been about hype. It's always been about you know, they, uh, I guess it's that they don't want to take the time to take people in deeper because the people that are just coming in aren't. You know, they they're afraid they're not gonna they're not gonna get it mm-hmm. because if you go deeper than those who are unchurched, quote unquote, you'll lose them. You'll lose them, and I I think that's just completely not true at all. It's been it's been a it's it's been a myth that that's been said and and just not true at all. Yeah, I think people want desire something deeper. That's why they're in church. They desire something deeper. They desire to understand like have a deeper understanding of, of what life's about, what's, you know, what is Christianity about, what's religion about. And people are, and I honestly think that people walk away from the church because they're not satisfied with the answers that they're given, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And, and I don't think it has anything to do with apologetics or does God exist, does he not exist, but rather the content that's being preached from the pulpit, you know? And uh, I think I, I think and and I think a lot of preachers are addressing that problem. And there's been a lot of churches that are kind of rising up now that that have good messages that are being preached versus you know just this positivity like like Jesus will get you through your hardest days or whatever. Um, but rather like th- there's there's meat to be right to be. right and and Jonathan you you brought it up uh, right when we first started. How you were talking about um, y'all identifying these these, uh, these these little you know niche groups in the church and trying to minister to them and and really give them get them plugged in. And I remember having that similar conversation a few years ago whenever we didn't have a young adults group yeah, in yeah, our church. Yeah. So I had a conversation with our uh, well, I was approached by our senior pastor to start something up, get it going, and we've identified it. And you know, thank God, it's just been growing ever since then. That was six years ago, and it's awesome. and it's it's going on the up and up. But one of the one of the things that we talked about, and I brought up, is that one thing that I noticed is that the, a lot of our young people they graduate from high school, and a lot of other churches were swallowing them up. Yeah, and that's not necessarily a bad thing if they're called to go there, right? I'm all for it. I'm all for it. when people are called to go somewhere, go get out of here. As quick as you can, because you're going to stink up this joint whenever you're not following the will yeah, of God, right? Yeah, partner up with what, yeah, the yeah. plan of, and purpose of, right. yeah, yeah. And go, 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 go. And I am, I am absolutely convinced that if we're doing what we need to be doing, God is going to bring in the people that need Agreed, to be there, man. whether Agreed. they are, you know, on, on the uh, staff side or just those that are coming to, to be a part of the, uh, to be a part of the house, mm-hmm. you know, but we identified that and. And I just, I wasn't satisfied with losing, with losing young people that have been, you think about this, right? Think about this. They've been there, they've been there from children's church. They went through children's church. They went, they went through youth and they have been being poured into by that house for all of these years. 
just so now you can lose them whenever they go off to college or they do, you know, whatever it is that they do. And I think a lot of places and a lot of churches that we've seen over the years, they just kind of continue that and string them along. And I, 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 I was in prayer, of course, about it, but I was like, no, the young people, young adults don't need necessarily to be fed anymore. If we've done what we've supposed to been doing, they know how to feed themselves. They know how to eat. They know how to come to the table now. Now they actually, they can pour out now. So we have to give them an avenue, an output for all the input that they have received over the years. And if the church, if their church does not do that, then it's, it's, it's a failure for the church, any church. You need to give them a seat at the table, not give them, of course, the head of the table, you know, because they're, 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 they lack an experience. They're, they're green. They don't know. They're going to make bad decisions because they have no experience in dealing with certain parts of ministry. But still, you need to give them a spot at the table. Yeah. And, that's, uh, and that was a conversation I had with our senior pastor. And, 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 and uh, since then, um, that's been the work ethic as far as what we're doing over here is that I'm not satisfied with them just being there, them sucking up the AC and then going back home because compared to you know the the environment that we're in there's churches on every corner that do it better than us they have more money they have more equipment they have better everything yeah. but it's not about that for the superficial yeah if somebody's superficial like we're talking about mm -hmm. people that just you know whatever want to be strung along well they're going to be strung along anyway mm -hmm. but whenever you give young people something to do you give them a purpose for their life well they're gonna follow it they're, yeah they're gonna go hard after it and that's kind of that, that's kind of like if i had to say something to gen z i would tell them that you know find something that you're passionate about in the gospel in the word in god in the economy of god not the world i, I think if we tell people young people follow their passions i think that's that's a negligent on our part because yeah. the hard to be a YouTuber. <laughs> yeah, I want to be a YouTuber. But it's like, whatever. Don't use that for God though. Like, what can you do with that? You know? Yeah. Because yeah. it is the, their avenues. Like for us, it's different. I think that like I'm I'm a Gen Z technically. I was 97. You're yeah. But you're like I'm on like a little bit older. Like uh, especially border, being a borderline. Kid. Yeah, yeah, but your up your upbringing kind of takes you takes you back. <laughs> yeah, big time. But one thing like um that I tell our young adults all the time is like, um, our, our like little slogan or our thing is like, love God, love people, build community kind of thing, right? But you can sum that up in like two words, encounter and empower. It's like, I just wanna like create this place where you can encounter God, encounter the truth, encounter the Holy Spirit, then I want him to come and fill you and empower you to go do what he's called you to do. Yeah. Um, and empower is like, you, you get an overflow. When you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, there is an overflow, right? So it's like, I don't just want you to like to introduce you to God when you're here, but I want you to realize that he is in you. When you accept Jesus Christ, he comes. Like the Holy Spirit comes and marks you, right? And then you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, you ask the Holy Spirit, come in my life. And you're filled. And then it the Holy Spirit does produce like the fruit of the Spirit, right? Yeah. But I want you to be able to identify that for yourself. Like I don't want you to come and be like, hey, pastor, like should I not have like, you know, I don't know relationships with my girlfriend before we're married like i don't want you to have to come ask me that like i want you to like look at what the word says and it's like well that's wrong sexual immorality is wrong i need to have self-control like you know i can beat temptation i have to flee from temptation like i want you to identify that like through reading your word you know through letting the holy spirit guide you like my whole goal is to like put you in a situation where you're given all these tools and then you get to go home and navigate the real world as a christ follower yeah. right but it's like i can't 
like I, I can't be with you 24-7. I genuinely cannot be with you 24-7. Yeah. I'm not in your mind. So I can't tell you don't think that. I can't tell because I don't know what you're thinking half the time, right? You might be saying yes to me now, but you're thinking about something completely different. But you know who can, who knows our thoughts, who knows our, our action, who knows like what we think, Santa. what we want. The, yeah, yeah, no, no, <laughs> actually, Saint Nick. But um, the Holy Spirit, man. So like if you're, if you, like that's the thing. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, he will guide you. He will kind of, you know, like you'll learn to navigate. You just, you have to lean on the Holy Spirit, man. Yeah. Like you really do. And that's, that's the thing. Like we can't, I don't know. I think the bigger question that like a lot of younger people are asking is for what purpose though? Because I yeah, think- Yeah, the why. Yeah, the why. Because, and that, that's something like a lot of churches have been preaching for years. It's just like, don't, or not even the rules and regulations, but it's, a, it, you know, when people say, which I do not agree with, uh, when people say like, oh, it's a relationship, not a religion. Like <laughs> you just have to have a relationship with God. You just have to like do these things and everything will like follow after you. But then- like now you have people asking why, like why should I do that? Why, why does, like in, in a selfish sense, like why does this benefit me or what yes. purpose does this bring to me? And if you're not address, if you're not really getting to what the heart of the gospel is about, you're never going to be able to translate that to a generation who doesn't really know the gospel right. because you're, you're, you know, on, on the popular preacher side, you're telling them like, uh, you know, do these things and, and, you know, everything will be good or yeah, everything, yeah. or God will get you through your hardest times in your life. And it's a very, uh, it's, it's a God who just wants to see like the best in you. And I don't think that's the gospel. And, yeah. and then you have like the more fundamentalist side. It's like, if you do these things, you're going to go to hell. Or if you do these things, like you'll make it to heaven. And I don't think that's the heart of it either because because in both in both senses it is a very selfish gospel because on one sense it's like oh i just need to do enough to make it to heaven or i just need to believe the right things to make it to heaven right and on the other sense it's like well i just need to believe the right things so that uh god can give me everything i want in my life and or or so that i can get through this hard season of my life but there's the end goal is just really blurry in the and yeah. how you know, we've been preaching and how we've been, and, and these are just things I've reflected a lot on because mm -hmm. again, I'm a huge cynic when it comes to church. I'm a huge cynic when it comes to all those things. And my and, mom said we can't and, be friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and, but it comes from just seeing so many people follow, you know, people who like truly believe that truly had like faith in God just fall away because they just couldn't reconcile, you know, the this cultural moment with what the church was teaching or right. what they what they thought they believed and, right and, and a few I'm glad you brought that up because that's kind of how we're gonna round third base here and head home is that I, I think a lot of what Gen's, Gen Z is going to encounter is 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 actually a result of the gospel being presented in not so much confrontational because of all of those old school religious undertones, legalism, and then also the abuse that came out of that as well. Like you were saying, it's not, you know, uh, get right or go to hell. We know that's truth, but there's, but, but it's not about, it's not the heart of the gospel, right? It's not the heart of the gospel at all. But you have 
you have this old school model, these hellfire and brimstone preachers, that that's how they would go and that's what they would communicate. And then now where we found and how that's evolved is that we got so scared of, of the results of traditionalism that we've completely thrown the baby out with the bathwater. And that's not right either because there is truth in both camps and the whole like, you know, seeker friendly churches and all that. I see that, yeah, it, it maybe in, in theory that, that that's a good model, but mm-hmm. in, in practice, there's a lot of there's a lot of holes yeah. in there, and, and and people lose out on on the richness, the fullness, the depth of the gospel, the love of Jesus Christ, who He is, His person, and 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 all of that. And Gen Z, they're asking that question: Why? 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 And they want to know yeah. why. But we are so scared to go back to legalism that we don't give it to them. Mm-hmm. And and like you, I do a lot of reflection on this topic now because I have young people that I've talked to all the time. I'm around them all the time and they want truth and they want to know why they do what they do yeah the, and and they I, want honesty they too. want honesty and mm-hmm. and here's one thing about young people that everybody in this table knows right that once you lose their their trust you're not going to get it back mm-hmm. you're not going to get it back but if you can gain it you keep it you're going to have people that are willing to go into the trenches with you mm-hmm. i have so much hope for gen z i really do because these are the people that once they are sold on something, down. they will go and they will go and they will not relent, you yeah. know. And that's something that uh, that my generation, um, the millennials, we didn't have that. Mm-hmm. We're still kind of on the fringe. We we want to be conservative, but then we also, you know, want to party as well. Mm-hmm. And and you know, yeah. and, and we're just trying to figure that out too. But now we're the ones that are charged out to lead Gen Z. So uh, just kind of to finish all of this out, if you had two things to say, one to, to Generation Z and then the other ones to the older people in the church, what would you say? What would your message be to them? Just quick messages. I know it's hard to... to Me and Christian are like literally... Yeah, you do. Like, you, you go first. You I got to think of... I well, real quick, uh, and then as y'all, as y'all talking, I would tell Gen Z and the older generation the same thing. I would tell them, y'all just need to chill out. <laughs> y'all need to chill out on each other, give each other grace. And, and, and for the older generation, you've been around longer. Um, so you need to give just a little more grace than, uh, than the younger people. They don't know. We have to instruct them. We have to disciple them. We have to give them, uh, we have to give them space to grow and, and to know the love of the Lord. And, but for the young people as well, like, chill out too. You know, you're, you're new to the party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there, there, there's a lot of things you don't know yet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and God has given us uh, older people that have, that they've gone farther along the road and um, maybe we should listen. Maybe not all of it, but we mm-hmm. should listen to some of the things because there's truth in there. Mm-hmm. James? I'll go next, sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I would just say to both of them, uh, really I say the same thing to everybody, uh, no matter what the topic is, is just seek out whatever God's will is for your life. And if you're doing that, it's going to be fine. You're going to play the right songs you're supposed to do. You're going to have the right words in it. And if it's for you to be a YouTuber and everybody's laughing at you, it doesn't matter. If that's the will he's got for you, do that. Because uh, like you said, you know, we need Christian representation in all these spaces. That, may, that might just be super cool. Maybe he's the Christian YouTuber that's got 5 million followers and yeah. he's going to do a bunch of stuff, you know. So that's what I would say to everybody. It's a, the Christian YouTuber that... Uh the Christian YouTuber. Logan Paul. What? I'm kidding. <laughs> no, the Christian YouTuber that uh, 
that, that, that only does reviews on new Chris Tomlin music. Oh my god, <laughs> yes, do it. Hey, actually, that's that not change. a bad idea. I'll make up a hobby. Reaction videos. Yeah, reaction videos. Um, I'd say, Tall. I'd say, some. I guess to the older folks, I would just say like, give them grace. Mm-hmm. You've been there before, and you know how scary it is to face a world where. You don't know exactly like you've been there. You've you've had the questions. The uh, is this true? Is this the why? The what's next? You've had that question. So just have grace and help them. Mm-hmm. Not tell the young folks like man, listen, because whether you want to look at it or not, whether it's through like you know Christianity or not, they have experienced a lot of life. Like they have a lot of life experience. They have a lot of scars, mm-hmm. and if they're still here, you know they can still talk about those scars. So just listen. Like there's a lesson to be learned, you know, and and, and so you don't have to make those mistakes. But if I could tell something to both of them in general. I think that I would say like the gospel outlives all of us. Mm-hmm. That at some point you you pass away and, and your assignment here on earth ends. And you know, the young one that's like, oh man, I got like all this life ahead of me. Like your assignment at some point here on earth ends, but the gospel literally will outlive all of us. So just set the next one up for it. You know, mm-hmm. just spread it and set the next person up for it. Cause that's the only thing that outlives everybody. So yeah, you know. So, so y'all keep y'all keep praying for Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> Um, I think I would address both and just people in general and just say that in essence and literally the heart of the gospel is good news and and the gospel in itself is about restoration not whether we go to heaven or hell or not whether um, you know God does you know uh, something for us that we can so we can live great lives but rather the heart of the gospel is God continuing in his plan to restore the earth to restore yeah. humanity and and um, and and we have we play we either play a part in that or we don't mm-hmm. you know and it's it's either you're you're in or you're out not in not in the sense of like like you can't be lukewarm but or, or not in the sense of like this is an attack on like lukewarm Christians or anything like that You're but rather <laughs> but but rather like we have to step into what God is already doing not try to step into something new that right. that you know we have a vision of um, but yeah right that understanding that understanding of, of, of whenever it, it's revelation to you whenever it comes that God has chosen each one of us to to co-labor mm-hmm. and to play a part in his redemptive plan for humanity in some way. Uh, and, of course, it always goes back to Jesus, all glory to him always. Uh, but, yeah, just uh, I, t- I tell people that all the time. If I had one word to describe, well, what? how would you describe the Bible? How would you, how would you describe God? As, I would say redemption. Yep. It's yeah. a redemption story, and yep. no matter how far you've... Gone, no matter how far you've fallen, that you know God is for you. And uh, the, the, the incredible thing about the gospel is that uh, we're no longer enemies. Yeah, man. Yeah, now we're family, and uh, and Jesus can do that work in you. So hey, you know this was a great episode. I appreciate you guys coming, and, yeah, uh, no and hopefully this would be the uh, start of uh, maybe some series or just have you yeah, guys on a little more 100%. often. And really appreciate you. So yeah, from the Refuge Project, from. Our living room to yours. We shout love out, you. Shout out to my mom. I love yeah. you. <laughs> and to David. Sorry you weren't here. But, you know. This is The Refuge Project.